Welcome to Weed Week. I'm Alex Halpern. And I'm Donnell Alexander. This is the Weed Week podcast. You can subscribe to our free newsletters, Weed Week, Weed Week California, and Weed Week Canada, all at weedweek.net. Of course, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Weed Week News. Got any feedback? Write to us at hello at weedweek.net. Okay, so our guest today is Mike Glazer. He's a really funny guy. He's a comedian, podcast host, uh, impresario. He hosts a weekly show called glazed at the hollywood improv which sounds really funny i'm gonna go to the next one so you've you've been to the show right yeah yeah it was really funny i mean it's you can't really explain other people's jokes but you know we'll talk about it a little bit and you'll see that uh it's a it's it's weird because weed is the unifying element it's not like there's a bunch of weed visible except maybe beforehand and, but it's kind of like the only thing that yokes these disparate kind of comedians together. It's one of those deals. I don't know. Have you ever been to a comedy show where they take your phones? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And they, there's good reason for that to happen because, you know, outside of context, a lot of jokes sound insane. Some of the jokes are borderline insane, but that's part of the appeal. Yeah, sure. Um, and he's also a really nice guy. And uh, yeah, we're it's a, it's a fun conversation. Yeah, we talked about therapy, maybe spirituality a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> we're gonna have to veer away from that in the future oh no no he's glad to have it happen <laughs> okay um but first we're gonna talk about percy harvin yeah this is not a very spiritual story i don't think football is especially spiritual i'm a football fan and i follow it so i know who percy harvin is do you know who he is i just know the name yeah he was a college player in florida but he played for the minnesota vikings for a bunch of years and he got traded to seattle for what he says were the most stressful years of his life of his playing career and especially in that period he used cannabis before every game i mean he he says he didn't miss a game in his career without it but mm. the seattle period is especially significant because do you, are you ready to hear why why well they won a super bowl yeah <laughs> wait was that the game where they won because no 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 seattle lost yeah that yeah I, that, I know the one you're thinking of this yeah. was a, they were defending their championship this year the year okay. Before that, Percy Harvin had been out for a bunch of games, and he was he was not a part of the team so much. That was the beginning of the serious stress for him. Um, they made it to the Super Bowl without him. And before the game, the other wide receiver said, you know, we'll be fine. We made it here without him. And he punched him in the face the day of the Super Bowl <laughs> before the game. It was a fight that ranged into a laundry hamper very famously. Wow. And they, they went out and destroyed the Denver Broncos 49-3. to <laughs> That's my favorite story about Percy Harvin, who's known to be a hothead. But it's not necessarily a cannabis story. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, but clearly he felt like it improved his performance. Or? Well, anxiety. And, I, you know, I don't know how much football you watch. I'm going to assume not a ton. Um, really? Yeah. Almost none. Okay. So like last year, the Super I mean, Bowl. I would certainly be anxious <laughs> if I were to play in, in an NFL game. Well, I think they're all, the, they're all about the same. Qualitatively, football players, basketball players, baseball players, the only thing that separates most of them, the very best, is their ability to deal with stress. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. The, there's, there's a ceiling you can have as a player if you can't deal with it, and the best ones do deal with it. I can see a future in professional sports where they actually utilize the plant to calm people, maybe in a way that doesn't make them high. I don't know whatever hangups they have, but I see that. But hold on. So like is stress, is that how we would talk about like whether folks can, whether they choke or whether they sort of are key and sort of perform at clutch moments? Yeah. Yeah. There's a saying that like the best athletes have a central 
dumbness about them. I mean, you, you have to be brilliant. Like Tom Brady, I think, is one of the most brilliant athletes because he isn't physically gifted, but he has a great vision. But I'm going across sports here. If you think about the consequences of striking out when you're a 3-2 pitch in the bottom of the ninth inning, you're probably not going to do as well, you know? True. I don't know how to get out of this. <laughs> um, so, so was Percy Harvin seen as a, a clutch player? Oh, he was a clutch player. I mean, I don't. You can never say how much cannabis has to do with it. When you talk about athletes who are using cannabis before games, and I've heard lots of stories about it, lots of success stories. Even going back to Doc Ellis and the stuff I did with him, he talked about um, pot helping him run during training camp. These people who are talking about using cannabis in game, you have to deal with the part of the game where you think clearly and i always think these people who get that special inspiration from cannabis must really have mastered the basics because i don't know how you run those pass patterns those complex patterns know the calls stoned he must be really good at pot (laughs) what's been the the reaction to to this story about percy harvin what's interesting about it is he this interview with Sports Illustrated is the first time that he acknowledged the uh, fight with Golden Tate, the fight I mentioned from the Super Bowl of 2014. But what leads in every story is the part where he talked about playing high. You know, it was one interview, but the headline tends to be pot. I think it's more interesting that people are interested in the pot part. Maybe fights in football aren't surprising anymore, but uh, the curiosity, even behind the headline writers and reporters, is remarkable. Um, all right, here's Mike. I got some questions for you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Excellent. Michael Glazer, welcome to Weed Week. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, man, you can't be as excited as us. Stoked. So you're... Wait, you're not excited at all? (laughs) No, he's bummed, man. He wants you out of here. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no i let me ask because okay i'm not gonna pretend I, i'd heard about glazed but i hadn't been yeah and i got an invite to go it was in the front row that shit was crazy dude i have to tell you i've been to a bunch of comedy in my life yeah. and that room had more energy than almost any place i can remember why is that what is that tell us about glazed glazed is the most important thing in my life besides my own podcast, I do Weed and Grub with Mary Jane Gibson. Those two things are like everything I care about. And it's a live show where we live in L.A. Like we live around the most talented artists in the world, hands down, anywhere. Yeah. And that's acting, magic, street art, dance. Everybody here is incredible. And so I don't like, as a comedian, only hanging out with comedians. I want to be friends with artists, Mm -hmm. not just comedians. So it's my way. Glazed is my way of bringing together multiple disciplines of artists, the Mm -hmm. best I can find, and having a great night putting them on stage for a crowd Mm -hmm. and being very high the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, what holds it together? Is the the weed that holds it all together? Is that the coherent element? I would say that I would say weed, but... Like, if you could use weed as a thought for community, like, yeah. I think weed brings the community mm. together. So, um, are we allowed to say the names of the people who are there? Is that a thing we can do? Oh, yeah, we can say, we can say everything in the world. Okay, so <laughs> Melissa Villasenor, mm-hmm. she was the opening performer there, the first, per- she wasn't opening for anybody, but she was the first performer to take the mic, and she did this um, impression can you tell the, the singing impression she does? Is it the Billie Eilish impression? Billie Eilish, yeah. yeah. Who, kind of... who I just saw, I just saw her live, Billie, live, yeah. and it's one of the best concerts, concerts I've ever seen. She's huh. tremendous. And Melissa is uh, on SNL, and she can do, she can 
do an impression of anybody. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah. she opened the show. Well, there's you know there's a live band at at Glazed, and when she started doing the song. They fixed her mic so it had a little echo and she sounded amazing. And she had this moment of realization. There's a thing that you can only get with live performance when people have realizations on the stage. And she saw this moment where she was going to be able to tear it up. And that was just brilliant. Just The performance was great. It was great to see her sing like Billie Eilish. But that revelation on stage, you can't really get that everywhere. No, you got to build it. You got to build a safe place. Like I came from Chicago where I did a ton of theater for places like Second City. Uh, annoyance was my home and they let me do kind of whatever I wanted. What's Annoyance? Annoyance is kind of, mm, what's a bad way to explain it? Experimental <laughs> theater. Mm-hmm. But it's not that. It's just, oh, you have an idea? It might fail. Great. So it's not <laughs> Steppenwolf. No, yeah, yeah, no, nothing like nothing like that. But um, uh, and so that like doing theater in Chicago is where I learned how to try and build a safe place where mm-hmm. everybody feels where it just feels inclusive. Mm-hmm. I love the Chicago theater scene. Right. Like, I've been to plays there where the audience is like ten people, and and it might be the best show you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. No, I've seen some great stuff there. Yeah. When um when you visited, did you ever want to get on stage? Um, I don't think I have gotten on stage. Uh, was I tempted? I, I don't know. Maybe. I have a show at the Hollywood Improv if you ever want to oh, try yeah. something on stage. It's uh, anything anything goes. Okay. Well, we is this is this glazed or yeah. is this something different? That's <laughs> <laughs> glazed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I will think that over. If you were someone who specialized in marijuana humor you were kind of looked at as not being like a full-fledged comedian why do you have the specialties why do you think that's changed or am i just off is it not changed at all you're asking like if you were known as like a comedian like a a comedian who gets high then that was your that was your wheelhouse and that's how it was your wheelhouse or your stick you could use that word man because people are dumb (laughs) (laughs) thanks very much people are dumb we i do humans need to categorize life to be able to make sense of the fact that it's absolutely chaos. Mm. Otherwise, in my goddamn utensil drawer in my kitchen, I wouldn't have my spoons in a slot and my forks in a spot and my knives in a spot. And that's just, I like, why do I need that? And it, <laughs> I don't. I can find a fork by just opening the damn drawer, but I have mm. to know that it's in that spot. And so, you know, humans just need to categorize to make sense of everything. Mm. That's it. Okay. I think that's well put. But you do, you are like making a name for yourself as the guy, the the pot guy. I don't want to overstate it. I mean, I thank you for saying that. Uh, you were saying that like in the pot comedy world, I'm trying to like yeah, carve be out the a person. Bit of a thing. I yeah. mean, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. There's a lot of content. I mean, the commercial campaign for Dunkin' Donuts isn't especially stoner, but it seems really, really connected to the weed community. Yeah. Um, and you've got this this show on Facebook Live. I yeah. want to talk about that. Weed and Grub, and what's the... You've, you've done a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and then the BuzzFeed High Guys, and f- I cr- co-created a series for Civilized called First High, where we got people high for the first time of all walks of life. High tech, I'm I, prohibited. I'd like to hear about that. Okay. Who, who, are, some of the, who are some of the people you, you did that with? The sweetest people My in mom. the world. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's probably people maybe like your mom. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Does your mom smoke no anything no ever tried it no she'd be great for the show um i think as a kid the story she told me was that like once when she was in college she went to a party and had a brownie and it gave her a big headache or something and she had to go home totally reasonable yeah yeah 
Okay, can we talk about cooking? I don't want to get away from too much of the stuff. Oh, hold on. I want to hear. I want to hear one one guy who one person on the first high. The from first high. Yeah. Um, there were two two videos in particular I really loved. Uh, one of them was an uh, an older couple who had been married like fifty plus years, and they smoked together on camera for the first time as a way that that they were like, "We've done it. We've done it all. We've seen it all." Like we're. We're, it's not that we're old, it's just that we've lived full lives, and then they decided to pass a joint back and forth, and we had a ball together. Um, and they were like, this is what I've been missing? Oh my gosh. Like, that part was great. And then I smoked with a military vet uh, named Dexter, and mm-hmm. which leads into cooking, actually, because we cooked together on the, on the video. And he... He knew his son smoked. He knew his whole family smoked. He knew every party he was going to. He'd always smelled it. But because of his upbringing, because of the military, because of everything in his brain that was, you know, inserted in his mind, he always went against it. And when he tried it, he goes, ah, like you could just see his whole, like all his skin relaxed and it was beautiful. And then we cooked burgers together. Wow. So, okay. If I can ask, we look at comedy, cooking, um... What's the common element in all your work? I mean, it seems like there's there's a sensuality to this stuff. Or is it caring? What are you doing? Yeah. Are you doing this healing thing? What is this stuff? Man, that's a good question, and it's tricky, because I've been thinking about a lot about it lately. And what I used to say was what I really love to do is give people great, unique memories. And I just try and show up, do my job, be funny, or come up with an idea, do anything that like gives people a better day has people walking away like what the fuck did i just see i can't wait to feel that way again um but all of those are things that i'm trying to do for other people and so i'm really trying to tap in right now i go to therapy i'm really trying to tap in right now to like why i do it for me because i get like a specific feeling when everybody laughs or i get a specific feeling when everyone leaves glazed and they're like what the fuck and like i just don't know why i'm doing it for me and maybe it's just because i need validation from strangers who are never going to get to know me (laughs) the obvious one (laughs) yeah you know i mean (laughs) like i want everyone to love me but no one to know me that's that's (laughs) That's about it good for you yeah oh you too (laughs) yeah but you know you're doing all this stuff and i i don't know how people really see things on social media you know there's no common community uh do people see your dunkin donuts ads out here yeah yeah, well, it, the the ad just stopped running because we're in fall, but that was like I was the head of their summer campaign mm-hmm. for their cool latte drinks, um, and so w- all summer it was very cool because everybody like they really blasted it out on everywhere from Hulu to TV on like uh-huh. America's Got Talent to little like social media six second clips that you would see on your scroll. Like they really curated a whole vibe, and I got to be the face of it, and that was a not only a first, but since my last name's Glazer and it was for Dunkin' Donuts, I was like, shit. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> you know? Hell yes. So it was very cool. It was, and I think that's the other beautiful thing about living in the city and trying to be the best artist you can be is to be chosen for something like that feels very validating. Mm-hmm. Like you're not crazy for trying to make your dreams come true. Mm-hmm. And it's weird how I need like a massive corporation like Dunkin' Donuts to tell me I'm good enough. <laughs> but you know paradoxical. What I mean? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's what I was going to ask. Totally you. makes so you're sense. Talking about all the stuff with your, your going to counseling, 
Did you get a lot of this sort of spiritual fulfillment of it when you were working in Chicago, or is that something that's come about since you've come out west? The spiritual fulfillment of work of your comedy and oh, you know, artistry, if you want to use that word. Yeah. Oh, great question. It is spiritual. I never really think of it in those terms, but it's so absolutely spiritual. But did you have it back there? Were you able to access all of that, or is that something that has opened up out west? Um, I think it's opened up more out here because I think I work harder out here. I think when I was in Chicago, I was a good improviser. I was a good writer. I'm, I'm funny, but, um, that's where you get to just like figure out what your identity really is. And then coming out here and working really hard has given me like a greater sense of purpose Mm. that I was missing in Chicago. I felt a little, what's the word? Like, uh, mossy. And now I feel like a smooth rock. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, it's very visual and textual. Yeah. Textural. But what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, uh, Chicago, Mossy. it probably wasn't spiritual. It was me just like figuring out what stream I wanted to be in. Hmm. And here I'm able to like really carve out and see who I am and be proud of who I'm becoming. And there's because I have a greater sense of I have feel a big sense of purpose in that. I'm way more spiritual out here than I ever was in Chicago, if that's a decent answer. Sure. I mean, a lot of people, they, they come come to L.A. and they find, if not God, they, they find spirit. Absolutely, which is something I've always looked for because I'm pretty suspicious of everything, especially religion or whatever I was, like anything that I was told before I was like 24, I was like, shut up. You know what I mean? Like, how do you, you don't know my life. So I've always been a very suspicious person, which is also why I started like getting high so young at like 14, 13, 14, somewhere in there. Because our D.A.R.E. officer, if anyone remembers D.A.R.E., he used to smoke cigarettes on the front stoop of the school before coming in to tell us not to do drugs. (laughs) I was like, go fuck yourself. Like, what are you talking about? What's your uh, Facebook Live project like? It's not Facebook Live, is it? it? I don't know what I can say yet, Uh uh, but I can say... There's a really, mm, I don't know what I can say. It'll be on Facebook Watch. and uh, This is a thing. Like, yeah. face, like there are TV shows on Facebook. Oh, yeah. I, I oh, even... dude. It's the future. Millions, millions. It's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. You know what was on there the, more recently? They showed the, uh, this isn't Facebook Watch, it's Facebook Live, but they did show the, the Republican presidential primary. <laughs> did they really? And there were like 900 people watching. Uh, That's great. <laughs> is it? Is it? Oh. As if people are watching, yeah, I'll take it. But but you can you can talk about your your podcast. Yeah, I can. I'll, all I'll say for the Facebook Watch thing is it's supposed to come out in either October or November, and they're editing it right now. And it's not comedy; it's all tragedy. It's yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great. Dark stuff. Do the dark stuff. It's uh, it was really really fun, and I I'll give a shout out to um, mm, I can't. I, I'm not trying to get you know who sued. you are. Yeah, I'll give a shout out to the director. I'll give a shout out to the guy who created it, who um, is incredibly well known. And uh, it was just cool. This we don't need. I'll shut up. Okay, yeah. that's pretty intriguing. I think that's going to do <laughs> yeah. way more than pitching directly. <laughs> what were you going to ask, Alex? So tell us about uh, your podcast, Weed and Grub. Weed and Grub. Well, that's where we met. Yeah, we met at that dinner. Yeah, um, I can't remember who it was for, uh, but Some, we were sitting right across from each weed. other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you were t- talking about Weed Week, and Mary Jane Gibson and I, who's my podcast co-host, were talking Weed and Grub. And um, basically, when I was doing this BuzzFeed series called High Guys, 
Um, it's where I got like to smoke with Snoop and surprised by a sloth, and she was it. That's the one. That's, That's the it. one. Yeah. The, have you seen the sloth episode or the the sloth viral video? Who Surprising is? stone people with a sloth. <laughs> That's really fun, and it's so funny. Oh, the I need reaction, to see that. Your reaction was prime, but just it, <laughs> we need to the link board, to that. Brilliant. Yeah, we have to. Cool. Yeah, link it up. Okay. Yeah. But what I'm if sorry. I knew the link by heart? That'd be insane. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be in Hollywood. Yeah. So, but seriously, what's the what's 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 the story with the podcast? Because I feel like your affect is a lot different on the podcast. What do you? Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. That's interesting that you notice because I'm very aware of it. Uh, Mary Jane and I, as soon as we met while she was working at High Times, um, we just were like, I, I dig your vibe. You seem like you're a creative person. Let's go get lunch. See if we want to do something together. You know those lunches in L.A. where you go have lunch to see what you can do for each other? And if you can't, you never have lunch again. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those lunches. Yeah. yeah. And uh, instead, we were like, I think there's a good chemistry here to make something together and we had a lot of false starts on the podcast at first we thought weed and grub was going to be us going to restaurants around la taking pictures of food and then recapping the restaurant experience but we realized nobody gives a fuck if you don't live in la don't know the restaurant didn't have the meal with us it's not broad enough Mm -hmm. so it we were like, whoa, that is bad. Let's never release these. <laughs> and uh, and eventually we just landed on just hanging out the way that we do and then trying to have great interviews with people like David Crosby. Um, we have one coming up with uh, Portugal the Man. Hmm. Uh, gosh, who else? Belushi. A man named Portugal? Yes. No? Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, um, I love Portugal the Man. They're from Portland, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I just came Wait, back from Portland. Is that a band? Yeah, is, Portugal the Man. Portugal the Man is a band. We have to have a from link. Portland. I know what the interstitial music is going to be on this episode. <laughs> that much. It's they're great, uh, very fun. But you, what about them? You you had them on. We're we're interviewing them coming up. Um, we just saw them at Life Is Beautiful, which is a huge festival in Vegas, hmm. where I took a bunch of Molly. And yeah. a bunch of mushrooms, and just jumped up and down. <laughs> and you saw Vampire Weekend. They were incredible. What? What? And I was. I didn't get it until I got it. I was going to say because I have never gotten Vampire Weekend, and I clearly haven't done enough shrooms. I mean, in that context, otherwise I have. <laughs> this time next year, let's all go. Yeah. Sounds fun. Eat a handful of shrooms, <laughs> and then you know revisit. Don't be legal by then. Yeah. Maybe. That. Yeah. But it, but it's a it's a good show. I guess like I, that's where I got the idea that. Um, that there's like a concern with sensuality or something like that because cooking, you're a chef too. Mm. These are all things that make people happy and you're basically dealing with all the senses. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm. Sensuality. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to go there. The <laughs> I like I don't, it I don't want to be the Elvis Mitchell guy where everybody goes, that's really interesting. And it's not necessarily that interesting. I feel like it's <laughs> it a joke though. they're playing on him sometimes. You think you know? so? Yeah. I love the treatment <laughs> like everybody's so much. in on it. I do too. I've been listening to it for years, but they always go, all you can count in the episode, you can count down to some, where someone goes, I've never thought of that before. And uh-huh. you want to go, bullshit. <laughs> and I love Elvis. I don't want to be clowning him. But I think that's a thing. But he does always go like, and that's kind of why you chose your color palette, isn't it? <laughs> and you're just like, hmm. Okay. <laughs> and he's asking like some third-rate actor who doesn't know any of that shit. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> but anyway, right. yeah, we, this is, we were not here to diss Elvis Mitchell. I, I love him. He's, yeah. uh, he's on my vision board as someone I would love to meet and talk to. <laughs> that's the most L.A. thing I've ever heard in my oh, really? fucking life. Oh, man. I saw him live do an interview with uh, the creator of Billions. Uh, mm. uh, 
Oh, that sounds fun. I love Billions. Shit. Yeah. Well, who who did it? Yeah. Uh, he does the moment. Brian Koppelman. Oh, and oh, uh, that's him. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, that was a good podcast. It's a fucking awesome podcast. Does this still exist? The moment. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that he he keeps doing like re. He's like revisiting the same people over mm. and over. So I yeah. don't know. Anyway, the point was that like I I love Billions, but. Getting to see Elvis Mitchell live was one of the like coolest things I did all year because yeah. I just think he's the best interviewer in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he knows how to get out of the way. Um, That's it. You know, right before this, I was the reason I was at the Grove and I was late to this was because I was buying a mortal mortar. How do you say it? Mortal and pestle. Mortar and pestle. What is that? It's a stone bowl. Oh, it's what you bowl with the right? yeah. and you crush everything in it. You're making drugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? I'm mixing up Molly for next time. Yeah. Uh, no, like pestos. I'm into pestos right mm, now. I love pesto. Right? Oh, so good. So good. And you can put it on so many things. So I'm trying to make, I want to use like cashews instead of pine nuts, see what that tastes like, toast those up. Maybe instead of like too much cheese, I'd rather use feta because it'll be saltier, but it has a better texture to it. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm into pestos right now. And oh. sensuality. It's sensuality. Okay. It really is, All top right. to bottom. I'm a fucking gluttonous person who loves to push to the absolute limit and that gets me off so hard in life all right thanks for coming to weed week (laughs) (laughs) that's it (laughs) thanks so much i mean i don't know how we can end on anything better than that really yeah no seriously thanks for coming through and getting us all laughing and educated oh thank you and if i if y'all ever want to cook a meal together or if anyone out there ever wants to come to glazed um or if you ever want to check out uh our podcast, Weed and Grub. Find me at Glazer Boo Hoo Hoo. Find Weed and Grub at Weed and Grub. Um, please slide in my DMs if you ever want comps to the show. It's mm. something. Last show, uh, I had the creator of Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain open the show. So, you know, it's pretty fucking fun. And y'all have to come do our podcast, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. I'm very excited. That would be fantastic. And we'll whip up a good meal. It'll be sexy. Mm. That okay. sounds great. All right. That's our show for today. As always, you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Weed Week News. And, of course, subscribe to our free newsletters, Weed Week, Weed Week Canada, and Weed Week California, all at weedweek.net. We've got a, a tweet to read. This is from Temple Grower talking about the different, I guess, cannabis newsletters you can read. And Temple Grower is kind enough to say, Weed Week is easily the best and most thorough of them all. Thoroughly enjoy getting it with my coffee every Saturday. Shout out to Alex Halperin, too. So I guess he's talking about Weed Week Canada, and he's certainly right that we think Weed Week Canada is a great way to catch up on what's going on in Canada. Yeah, well, they're all so different. All three of them are very different. I enjoy them. All right. So we have a a goodbye to our producer, Hannah Smith, who has done a terrific job, and we're going to miss her. But we're very happy to have a new producer, Eileen Guo. So thanks so much for joining us, Eileen. And our theme music is written by Alicia Beyer. And additional music is by the late, great Andre Bush. We'll catch you here again next week. Bye. Bye.